Welcome to the Tin Lounge, where travel advisors Corrine and Teresa read you the travel industry news headlines that are currently unread in your inbox, so you can leave here feeling informed. If you're new around here, Tin stands for Travel Industry News, and on today's full episode, we're going to cover some of the biggest stories from this month. I'm Corrine, co-owner of Journey's Travel Company and creator of Travel Biz Boss. And I'm Teresa, owner of Get Out Custom Travels and creator of Fam With Intention. We've got a lot to cover, but before we get started, we wanted to give a shout out to our podcast network, Trav Market Media. Head on over to TravMarketMedia.com to find some other fantastic travel podcasts. I am so excited. I have had a very fulfilling morning training my new in-person assistant side by side at my desk. And he's so sharp and intuitive And he knows like the basic functions of a spreadsheet, just nerdy things that really excite me. (laughs) What kinds of things are you having him start off, starting off to do as your assistant? Um, So we're going to start with things like I, I keep a spreadsheet of all of my clients, current flights, you know, whoever's booked on a flight and we check those once a week. Uh, And he really loves things to be accurate and efficient. So he was really loving matching the, the times and seeing them all be correct. He's like, yes, yes, yes. I love this. And I'm going to pull that into like itinerary creation. So we're sort of getting the concepts and then I'm going to teach him how to put itineraries into access. I, when I'm putting together like a custom trip, I use a spreadsheet. So I have that situated to where he can just take that and put everything into access. And he's really excited about learning how to do that. I eventually want him to be kind of like a junior TA. I want him to be able to check prices for me, do research, understand what I'm looking for. So like today, when we were putting an itinerary into access, I was explaining my thought processes behind why I chose the hotels because this is like a super budget trip. And so I was like, when it's super budget, you can't just look at hotel prices. You need to look at location because you don't want transportation costs to add up. So like he was really, really into it. So I hope to be able to teach him how to do some of that legwork for me. But he also called um, Excellence Resort for me to ask a question. He speaks five languages, Um, French. Well, he's a native Spanish speaker. He speaks fluent English, French, Russian, and Portuguese. And And he's certified to teach three of them. I can't remember which. And he is intermediate at Italian. So like things like dining reservations or calling a hotel to confirm confirm a reservation or ask a question. He is a language teacher currently, but was looking for something else. And he loves the idea of potentially being able to move to another country. And, you know, I'm all about that. So he's in person with me now. Over time, I hope to make him more, more remote. But it is so nice to have someone right next to you talking through everything you're doing. Yeah. And I completely agree with the assistant stuff. Like once things are moving along really well, I feel like you'll be like, Oh my goodness, this is such a godsend. Um, All those little things that I feel like I get annoyed with, like, you know, questions that feel a little bit more tedious or all those other things. I can just send them off and be like, Hey, can you find out the answers to these questions? Because those are easy to do. You don't need me specifically to do those. So I'm very excited to hear about the progression. 
Yeah, because so far, as far as assistants have gone, it's only been background stuff, only been very admin hands-off. What I'm looking for now is someone who can communicate with suppliers, who can Mm -hmm. probably not talk to clients, but you never know. And when I'm on a trip or something, I may need that as well. But someone who can really be like a mini-me is what I'm looking for. And I know it's going to take time, but he is really, you know, barring any unforeseen unforeseen circumstances, he is looking for something long-term and something that will grow. And so am I. So we've got time to, to walk them through each thing. Anytime I'm training anyone, I like to start them with a few things. And once they've mastered those, you add more and, you know, never like throw everything at once. These are all the things you're going to be doing. Let me show you. (laughs) You Yeah. So I try to keep it contained. Well, I'm super excited for you. Let's get into our first article. The first one that I have is from Travel Pulse and it's how holiday travelers can avoid flight delays and cancellations. This one, by the way, heads up, would be a great article to use for a social media post or to share on Instagram stories, just FYI to your consumers. So the article starts with saying that, you know, we breathed a collective sigh of relief this year as we saw the traveling public return to the skies. Um, But we have also experienced what that is like with understaffing, schedule changes, cancellations. I don't have to go into detail because we've all been through it. So as we go into the holiday season, it's important for us to keep in mind just a few things to maybe make our holiday travel a little bit smoother for our clients. So first tip, fly earlier in the day. So choosing a departure time earlier than 3 p.m. reduces the chance of cancellation, according to flight data platform OAG. Flights that depart after 3 p.m. on average have a 50% higher chance of getting cut from the schedule. Mm. So even though I get so much flack for me personally booking super early flights and also suggesting early flights, this is such a great reason because A, if for some reason the early flight gets canceled, I have multiple other opportunities throughout the day to get rebooked. Like that's what I think in my head. Um, Or... At that time, you really don't have the chance for flights to get behind schedule because if you're one of the first flights out, exactly, because then the snowball effect happens after things become later. Um, So I always love early morning flights. And sometimes when clients might not care for that, especially if it's the only option available, I just let them know there's a lower chance of your flight getting impacted negatively. Yeah. Um, second is to opt for longer layovers. Once again, a lot of people don't like seeing a layover over a certain period of time or or over a certain amount of time. Um, but in the past, an hour might have been enough to make your connecting flight, depending on where you're connecting to. But these days, this article says you're likely to need a longer layover period. If the first leg of your trip is delayed or your plane has to wait a prolonged period of time for passengers to deplane, the buffer time can quickly dwindle. You'll have less time to hustle across the airport to your gate. And most planes obviously will close their doors 15 minutes prior to departure. So you can miss your connection. So don't go that's for something that's like five or six hours. Like don't, don't go that far, but maybe a three hour layover isn't as bad as it initially looks because having traveled on some flights with that amount of layover time you, you land, 
you have to taxi. And if there's a lot of traffic taxiing and you got to wait for your gate to clear, you are sitting on the tarmac. Plus you have to get out of D plane. And if you don't have, you know, a seat towards the front or you're not in business or first, you're going to have to wait for everybody to D plane. And if you're connecting through a place that requires you to go through like passport control again, um, for example, like if you're leaving the EU, things like that, you have additional time you have to account for. So opt for longer layovers if possible. And the next one is download your airline's app. You know this. I know this. It's so convenient. We've talked about it in the past on our episodes. So download your airline's app and get the most up-to-date updates. And Twitter. And Twitter. Oh, good Lord, Twitter. I am so glad you were able to get some stuff done on Twitter. (laughs) Keep an eye on weather conditions. So a few days before your flight, start keeping an eye on weather conditions at both your place of arrival and departure. And I would maybe say potentially where you are connecting um, because that's also important to keep in mind. Uh, airlines will sometimes issue change fee waivers ahead of oncoming severe weather, yeah. so you can reschedule in advance. So um, in that way, you're able to plan ahead to see whether or not you need to change your schedule around and also address your in-destination uh, components, whether that's like a transfer or hotels or things like that. So keep an eye on weather conditions. And lastly, Note the airports with the highest volume of flight disruptions. Yeah. Uh, and in this article, there is a list of uh, U.S. airports reporting the highest percentage of flight delays and also the U.S. airports reporting the highest percentage of cancellations. So some of these are not shocking, uh, but go take a look at this article and see the list of airports to potentially avoid if possible. It's not always possible. And I know I fly through these all the time, but... Um, you know, it could help with making your holiday travel smoother. Absolutely. I think that's such a great idea to do some uh, social media posts about that. Nice little carousel. So my first article, actually, I think all of my articles today are from Travel Age West. And the title of this one is Americans are determined to travel despite inflation concerns, which is great news says that travel is a top priority when it comes to consumers' discretionary spending, according to the fall 2022 Consumer Travel Sentiment Study, and that's from ASTA. The survey reveals that 77% of Americans would rather take a vacation than buy a computer, a television, a car, a gaming console, show tickets, or other goods. Um, And it says, in fact, travel is seen as a worthwhile investment, even in the face of concerns about inflation, which nearly 9 in 10 travelers say they are feeling. And despite 47% of Americans indicating that the cost of travel has gotten very expensive, people aren't holding back on booking. That's been true for me, too. I feel like this month has been a little bit of a lull for me. I think leading up to a pretty contentious election, that's pretty normal. But the bookings I am getting are big. People are going for it. Mm -hmm. What about you? Same. Um, I will say because I had closed my calendar previously for a short period of time, mm-hmm. um, now is when I'm getting a lot of my inquiry calls um, within these next couple of weeks. I do have a pretty good number of inquiries, so but they are also for very splurge-worthy trips next year. Mm-hmm. So I'm happy to see it. And now I feel like we've gone through 
one of the quote unquote recovery years of travel. So we're better prepared to deal with it next year, because I feel like a lot of us were caught off guard this year. We have managed travel delays before or travel interruptions before, but not to the scale as we did this year. It was completely different. So I feel like we're better prepared to handle it. Uh, yeah, in the future. No. Before the pandemic, I did not keep a spreadsheet of all my clients' flights booked and check them every single week. But now I just want to be proactive. So I just like to keep my eye on those things so I can get ahead of them. Mm-hmm. Even when my clients don't book their air through me, I'm still watching them because I need to know if transportation needs to be adjusted or whatever. And I just don't want anything to surprise me. Right. <laughs> right. So crazy. Uh, Asta's research indicates that 40% of travelers are spending more on travel this year than they did before the pandemic, outranking increased spending for cars, home improvement, entertainment, or electronics and technology. The number is even higher for 2023 when 75% of respondents plan to spend the same or more on trips. So the study revealed some other consumer concerns that could be an impediment to trip planning. The weak economy, 18% mentioned that. 57% mentioned believing that airports and airlines are understaffed. 38% said the hassle of getting to international destinations right now. And 22% are uncertain about the level of service they're going to experience abroad right now. Those are all valid concerns. But with that said, 40% of respondents say that nothing is going to stop them from taking a vacation. They're also eager to check things off their bucket list in the very near future. 25% planning to take a dream vacation by March 2023. If anyone is not out there talking about bucket list trips, dream trips, big trips, you're missing out. (laughs) Yeah, I do find people are really prioritizing that mainly because of everything that we as a like the entire world went through. But I feel like in their minds now, it's like, we got to do it as soon as we can. The study said that 70% of Americans are looking at travel as a reward for what they've gone through over the past two years, which is definitely, you know, we've talked about revenge travel. We are owed. Yeah, I have made purchases that aren't travel related, but I'm just like, I totally deserve this. <laughs> like that's what I told myself. I, I deserve to have this. And I think a yeah. lot of people who are looking to travel right now, that's what they were saying. Like they, they deserve to have this. Yep. And I said 80% of people feel that they need a vacation because it would be beneficial to their mental health. Mm-hmm. And then there was 76% said the ability to travel is important for their overall well-being. I agree. So when it comes to popular destinations, the beach is the most desired option. And within the next few months, a lot of travelers are planning for travel around the holiday season. 64% will travel for Thanksgiving. 66% will travel in December. And 38% will travel for New Year's Eve. And then some other findings from the survey say that consumers have increased concerns about traveling in the pandemic era and could benefit from using a travel advisor. According to ASTA, 64% of Americans think it's more important to book a vacation further ahead of the travel date than they did before the pandemic, and 67% feel that trip planning is just more complicated overall than it was before COVID-19. 48% of travelers say that booking through a travel advisor whose expertise is much higher than most travelers, (laughs) that would put them more at ease. Amen. We already knew it. 
Mm-hmm. We already knew we were awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, it's good to be validated. Mm-hmm. Per usual. Um, <laughs> next article that I have is from Travel Market Report, and it talks about how to use video marketing to boost travel sales. And I know we've talked about using videos before and also social media, but this breaks down different reasons and things to include within your videos and where to post them. And I thought it had really great information on here that I will be implementing you know, in my social media plan moving forward. So um, we all hear, we all know about TikTok. We all know about Reels. We all know about short form videos. I know we're used to YouTube already, things like that. It doesn't require thousands of dollars or a big budget to create these videos. If you haven't made a Reel yet, or if you haven't made a TikTok yet, I haven't made a TikTok, but I've made Reels, give it a try. Just test out. You don't have to post it. Just test out the actual tool for you to familiarize yourself with what's available to you. Practice on it. You can even use apps like InShot, for example, to edit your videos so you can see in general what they look like. But the important thing is for you guys to practice using it. And I know um, Nikita from Travel Agent Collective, she has... Um, a course, I think, or some ed- kind of educational content on how to use and make reels. Yep. So check that out if you haven't already. And the thing is, is that TikTok inside of it has a lot of editing capability. So yes. you can make a million drafts and never post them. Mm-hmm. So you can totally play around and no one will ever know about your bloopers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but why is video so important? Um, This article says travel is all about immersion, deeply personal experiences that stay with travelers for years to come and sometimes even change their lives. Video is the most compelling medium to showcase adventures that move travelers' souls and that grabs their attention when scrolling through websites in search of their next travel inspiration. You can use video to make an emotional connection with prospects and clients. For instance, your videos can show what it's like to participate in your tours, stay in the hotels and resorts you recommend, enjoy the cruises you suggest visit the destinations you offer up, et cetera. It makes your brand more relatable and authoritative in one fell swoop. It works whether you're trying to reach out to find prospects and expand your audience or to nurture relationships with current customers. And video is effective for both brand awareness and sales efforts. It can reach travelers as as they move through the the entire marketing and and sales cycle. So just hearing all of that, it is a really easy way to incorporate additional reach to not only your current consumers, but also to your potential new clients. Things to include in videos. Okay, so first of all, think about the videos that really grab your attention. Like what makes, they call them thumb stoppers. Like what stops your thumb on your cell phone? What kinds of videos? What kind of content are in those videos? Because if that stopped you and made you pay attention, Figure out what that is because you could really use that to capture the attention of your audience. Mm -hmm. So this article states they want to see the destination, hotel or cruise ship and attractions before traveling there. And that is part of their online research for their trip. So if they're looking things up on TikTok, for example, or YouTube or on Instagram, because those things are really used now as search engines, you know, no, no one goes to them specifically for entertainment. You can do searches on there. So they're searching, for example, if you're an Ireland expert and they're looking up Ireland things and you create a reel on your favorite castles in Ireland, 
if they search for that on Instagram, that reel will pop up and they'll probably go and check out your page, especially if you include a call to action in your reel, they'll be able to find you that way and potentially reach out to you for an inquiry. So you can create the following types of videos that travelers will find while doing their searches. Destination guides, you can include uh, bite-sized videos of where to go, what to see, where to eat, accommodations and amenities at resorts and hotels while you're on site, and maybe even a personal chat with the manager or owner, cruise ship cabins and excursions, travel tips, um, special deals and promotions, and Q&A videos. Those are just some ideas to incorporate into your video. And the videos don't have to be completely professional. Like they don't have to have like the best filter. They can be genuinely who you are, which mm-hmm. is I think more appealing to a lot of people who are looking at these videos. I mean, just looking at your TikTok habits or Reels habits, Kareen, what would you say like appeals most to you in terms of like the way videos look? Well, I definitely love, you know, when they walk into a room and you can see the view right from the window. That's very, that draws me in any type of destination stuff. But then I also just like hearing people tell a story or especially if it's funny. And um, I was just thinking I should, I probably won't do it. Get in on the trend. Have you seen where people say, here's like three things as a whatever profession Yes, I would never do. Mm-hmm. I thought about doing that as a travel advisor. Feel free, anyone, to make that video. But, you know, a few things popped in my mind that would be somewhat funny. If it's too polished, sometimes I'm scrolling right by. If it feels like mm-hmm. an actual commercial, I want to see things that feel genuine. If it's just like a model walking up to the window, out to the thing, it doesn't really catch me. It's mm-hmm. more like you can feel the excitement of the person holding the phone in the destination. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. A hundred percent. And it's so important to show who you are as a travel advisor. And a lot of us, I think we shy away from doing or posting things that aren't perfect or telling someone about, you know, a mistake we made in traveling. So I definitely made some mistakes in traveling before I became a travel advisor, but I always reach back for those stories when I am giving advice Mm -hmm. to my audience. I will share that maybe potentially embarrassing story about me traveling and I didn't do it right. But now this is what I've learned as a travel advisor. This is what I'm going to do. So sharing stories like that, I think is helpful in building that trust and authority and authenticity. Yeah. Agree. Places to post your video content. We've already talked about the major ones, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, and Pinterest. If you are on Pinterest, If you want, I haven't done this, but if you want, this article also talks about placing paid ads on these platforms. Personally, I'm not a huge fan of doing that. I just feel like it's not targeted enough and I'm, it it hasn't worked for me. That's not to say that it won't work for other people, but it's not my favorite. I definitely think there's something to be said though, for just giving it a go with the free resources that are available Mm -hmm. to you and then decide if you want to invest money into it. That's a great, that's a great tip. Another strategic place for exciting and informative videos, which I haven't done yet, but I've been thinking about doing it. And I think after reading this, I am going to do so. It's to put those videos in your agency's email campaigns. So if you do email marketing, you can absolutely put in a video into your email and they can watch whatever clip it is that you have. So it could Mm -hmm. even be linked to, let's just say you create um, a YouTube video or a reel. You can link 
either of those into your email itself. When they click on that, it'll open up a new window and show them that video. Yep. And of course, measure engagement. And it's important to do so because you can figure out what speaks to your audience and then do more of that. So if you had a really well-performing post, look back on that. You can split it up into new posts or elaborate a bit more on that, but definitely look at your numbers. That's something I have to remind myself all the time when I have these ideas. I think they have to be this big, huge, comprehensive thing. Uh Uh-uh. Think of a big idea and then break that into like a hundred smaller videos Mm -hmm. because just focusing on one quick thing, a little nugget is really what most people are looking for because we don't have attention spans anymore thanks to social media. So just go with that. It does not have to be some huge production with tons of information. It could be just Mm -hmm. a little nugget here and there. Exactly. Are we ready for excess baggage? Uh, I am if you are. I'm all set. Let's go. (laughs) It's time for excess baggage, which is a speed round of headlines that are pretty self-explanatory so you can learn a lot in just a couple of minutes. According to Travel Market Report, Marriott is bringing a W all-inclusive to Punta Cana. The plans for the property to be built in, or the plans call for the property to be built in Uvero Alto, Punta Cana's high-end resort district, and to be the first W hotels property in the area and one of the first W all-inclusive resorts globally. They also report that Royal Caribbean has raised the curtain on Icon of the Seas. Bookings with Kids Sale Free opened on October 24th for Crown and Anchor loyalty members and on October 25th for everyone else. Sailings are available through spring of 2025. One more from them says that Silver Sea Cruises has unveiled the culinary experiences on board Silver Endeavor. A trademark of the Silver Sea experience, our guests will enjoy the luxury of choice while traveling to the world's most remote regions aboard, aboard the Silver Endeavor, said Barbara Muckerman, Chief Commercial Officer for Silver Sea Cruises. Travelers will be able to sample fine international fare of the highest quality in four of our signature restaurants while admiring the icy landscapes of Antarctica and the Arctic from the comfort of the ship's spacious interiors. Travel Weekly reports that Celebrity Cruises ended its 930-day hiatus in Australia, sailing out of Sydney October 22nd. The Celebrity Eclipse set sail on a 12-night itinerary exploring New Zealand. The voyage is the first of 17 departing from Sydney and Auckland through April 2023, and the first in the region for the Eclipse. Another one from them says that Uniworld is expanding its cruise and rail program to India. The trip will combine seven nights aboard the 56-passenger Ganges Voyager 2 departing from Kolkata and sailing along the Ganges before a flight to New Delhi to board the luxury Maharajas Express train for six nights. According to Travel Agent Central, St. Vincent and the Grenadines has removed COVID-19 protocols for cruise passengers during the upcoming 22-23 season. Another one from them says that in 2024, guests will set sail on the all-new Adventures by Disney expedition cruise along the Adriatic Sea. The eight-day, seven-night round-trip itinerary will set sail from Venice and visit seven ports in Croatia and Montenegro before returning to the floating city. The chartered Adventures by Disney expedition voyage is planned for two sailings in 2024, June 25th and July 2nd. Bookings are open to the public on October 27th. Travel Pulse reports that bookings have just opened for the upcoming Margaritaville Beach Resort, Ambergris K. Belize Beachfront Resort, a secluded, sustainable, family-friendly hideaway that's slated to open in early 2023. 
And our high note today is also from Travel Pulse. Spain has lifted all of its COVID-related entry requirements, being among the last European nations to rescind pandemic-era travel restrictions. And that's it for excess baggage. While Corrine catches her breath, so it was a long access baggage. Just a reminder that all the articles that we've referenced today can be found in the show notes. Please remember that we didn't write the news. We we're just sharing it. And my next article, as I mentioned, from Travel Age West <laughs> is Overcoming the River Cruise and Other Tour Hassles of the Quiet Vox Receiver. Now, I don't know about you. Oh my god. But one of the most yeah. infuriating things that can ever happen to me is when I rip that earbud out of my ear because I get caught on the cord and it just yanks out. It's like instant rage. I hate it so much. But I was excited to see this article because it has some suggestions and one of which is a little gadget I already use. And I think I mentioned that on a previous podcast because somebody emailed me to ask where to get it. Anyway. The article says, if your clients have ever taken a river cruise, chances are they have encountered a listening device such as QuietVox or Whisper while participating in a guided shore excursion. And let me just say, I actually love these things so much, especially as a person who's deaf in one ear, that I don't have to just stand right on top of the person while they're yelling so that I know what's going on. I do love the concept of this. Mm -hmm. I just get really, really mad when I rip it out of my ear. I also like it it because I also like it because I can wander a little bit further to take some photos and I can still hear what the guide is saying, but I don't have to be right next to them. So I I do like, you you better move it. Yes. Yes, exactly. (laughs) So these types of receivers generally work the same. There's like a little chunky receiver, which is usually larger than a contemporary cell phone. And then you wear it on a neck lanyard and you tune into the right channel the guide has a microphone transmitter, and then you have that earpiece, which is put into the device. Also, um, if you don't get a preference on what ear, that annoys me as well. Mm-hmm. Even though I'm mostly deaf in my left ear, um, headphones, if I turn them all the way up, I can hear just enough, and then I don't feel deaf. If I put it in my right ear, I feel completely cut off from the world. Whereas if I can turn it all the way up in my left ear, I can still barely hear the tour guide and if someone's coming up behind me. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have typical product problems like the device not picking up the signal reliably or you forget to charge it, all that stuff. Anyway, they've been a long source of frustration. So Scenic actually has a new, it's an app. So you can just download the app on your smartphone and then use your own AirPods or whatever you have. It is Wi-Fi. It's connected by Wi-Fi, so I'm guessing there's probably a few reliability issues there too. But you can use your own headset and you can leave your phone in your pocket. You don't have to hang this thing around your neck that screams, Mm -hmm. I'm on a tour. I will say that whenever I go on river cruises and they also have these for guided vacations too, like with Trafalgar and Globus and stuff like that, they also have those quiet boxes and I never hang that around my neck. Cause I, first of all, it doesn't look cute in real life and, and does not look cute in photos either. So what I do is I actually stick that device in my purse and then I hang the headphone, head, headphone um, or earpod 
whatever it is, um, in the ear that is connected to the side where my purse is. So if my purse hangs on my left side, it's going in my left ear, for example. So that way it's more inconspicuous and the pictures, and if I'm taking a photo, I can just like take off the ear thing and kind of hide in my purse real quick and then put it back in. Yep. So. (laughs) Well, the author, Jason Leppert, came up with his own hybrid solution, which I will 100% be doing So there is a little gadget called AirFly. And I think what I was talking about it before is I use it on the plane. You plug it into the headphone jack or the TV, but it connects by Bluetooth to my AirPods. So I can, again, be free of any cords while I'm watching TV on an airplane. You can use it exactly the same way with a quiet box. So you can just put the quiet box in your purse or your pocket with your AirFly, have your AirPods in and look like a local. Mm-hmm. So I am very excited to do this next time, assuming I don't forget to take my airfly with me, which I did last time, but Tracy was kind enough to let me use hers. <laughs> <laughs> it is now on my permanent travel essentials checklist. Um, and he says, one further tip, clients using AirPods Pro or other noise canceling headsets should place them in transparency mode to hear some noises beyond just the audio commentary. On a plane, it's great to block out the background noise, but when touring a public city, it's wise to be more aware of the surroundings for safety purposes, which is exactly why I don't like to just be totally cut off when we're walking around Mm -hmm. a city, get run over by a bike. Yeah. I'm super excited to try this. I'll take a picture next time. My final article is from Travel Pulse, and it talks about how to get your clients to tiptoe into luxury. Mm. And I know a lot of advisors now, if you didn't start out doing luxury, you might be feeling like like you're in a place to want to transition your current clients into more luxury experiences. I also speak from personal experience because that was what I wanted to do. I had Um, a good amount of luxury clients, but I also had a good amount of, you know, mid range clients Mm -hmm. who were amazing. I love them so much and they are so loyal to me, but I also want to like inch them into more luxurious experiences. So it's definitely a process if they didn't start out being luxury. So I think Jackie, yeah, Jackie Friedman is the one who wrote this article Uh, Luxury travelers are either born or made. Some people are fortunate enough to have experienced the finer things in life from a young age, while others evolve into luxury travelers as their finances and priorities change over the years. Many travel advisors find that once someone has a taste of high-end travel, they are willing to continue on that path. And that is so true. If Mm -hmm. you are creating a trip And you put in, um, you know, I'm sure we've had clients who are like, we don't need any nice hotels. We're just going to sleep there. But if you include one hotel in there that is high end and they get a taste of that, then they will come to realize why there are different service levels in a hotel and they will not want to go back. It's like my first, you know, I had clients who were cruising for the first time. And the very first cruise they ever went on was Celebrity. Like you cannot tell them to go on any other cruise line outside of that. Like they might be willing to go a bit higher service level, but there's no way they're ever going down to like, you know, your more kid-friendly or (laughs) family-friendly cruise lines. (laughs) Um, So that's just an example of 
how you can maybe add in luxury slowly because then they might ask about it for their next trip. So Jackie has provided some ways you can develop your current clientele into luxury travelers. First one is careful listening. She says it's the most important thing a travel advisor can do. People are often willing to upgrade to a more premium travel experience at different points in their life. When your clients get promotions, have children graduate college or retire, they might have more financial freedom when it comes to travel. A client who typically does not fit the mold of a luxury traveler may want to splurge and celebrating special milestones. So advisors should watch for those situations as well. You can also, and this also goes to um, careful listening, but you can also pay attention to what their pain points are. So after they re return from a trip and, you know, you, you send them a welcome home, ask them for, for their feedback. She writes that it's uh, important to make careful notes of any pain points to ensure they can point them to a more indulgent solution next time. For instance, if a tall client complains of cramp legs on the plane, suggest a first class seat. Or if they come to the realization that sometimes you do indeed get what you pay for and their resort didn't proffer up the relaxing experience they wanted, that is a great way to share the value of more upscale options. So look at their pain points. And lastly, in evolution, you don't need to convert clients into luxury travelers in one go. You can take things slowly based on their comfort level. So maybe they want to upgrade from a balcony cabin to a suite on a cruise next time, or, um, Maybe keep them in a balcony cabin, but on a more premium cruise line. So the important thing is, is to describe the value of what the extra luxury means. Like what do they get with the extra luxury? Not just in terms of comfort, but in the types of service and amenities that are now available to them. So the last thing she says is remember that travelers moving up market may prioritize differently. They may give up a premium air seat and a five-star hotel for a private guide and more immersive experiences. For example, let the clients define what is most luxurious to them. So, so important. And I was going to say the, all of the higher end cruise lines, you, almost every one of them has a breakdown of the value that's that they're so useful. It's like a graph and they'll compare themselves to their competitors and what's included and how, when you really think about it, the prices are closer than you think. And so mm -hmm. tap into your BDMs there to help you learn how to describe the value that they get for that extra money. And I, I say it all the time that luxury is a term that's been kind of bastardized and it means different things to different people. And it doesn't just mean expensive. Mm -hmm. So it is really important to define what that means to your client. Cause I would definitely take a lower accommodation to have better experiences. Yeah. I feel, I feel like I would want the same, something more it has private. A marble bathroom, right? <sighs> I will give up a marble bathroom if it means I get to go, I don't know, see something that not everyone gets to see. Yeah. Like in Budapest, I held, I held in my hands a book from the 14th century on a tour with only 12 other people. That was huge to me. And I would definitely take a cut somewhere else to be able to mm -hmm. have experiences like that. Yeah. And I feel like that's part of the advising process is letting your clients know what is quote unquote worth it just mm -hmm. based on what you know of your clients. Yep. 
I love it. I, I'm not super attracted to a luxury clientele, but I do definitely like to push them to splurge here and there and, and inch them up in what they're spending. But I'm usually not out looking for new luxury clientele. I like to mm-hmm. take my existing clients that I love and push, push them up the ladder. <laughs> <laughs> All right. My last article from Travel Age West, we'll make this quick, is where and when to go whale watching in the Caribbean. I've been doing this for 15 years and my brain does not connect whale watching in the Caribbean. And now that I've seen this article, I've realized that I can let that go. So it says winter and spring are peak travel seasons in the Caribbean and not just because of the magnificent weather. When colder weather envelops the northern climes, hundreds of whales migrate to the destination's warm waters to feed, mate, and give birth. So with a bit of planning, vacationers can arrange their Caribbean trip around seeing these magnificent mammals. And I do love whale watching. I've done it in New England and Alaska and makes me cry. So, um, Matthew Bowley, marketing manager for Solmar Villas, says you won't be able to go whale watching just anywhere in the Caribbean, but there are plenty of places to choose from. So the best months for whale watching in Turks and Caicos are January, February, and March when humpback whales swim through the Turks Island Passage and give birth at Salt Key, a small island near Grand Turk. For organized whale watching tours in the archipelago, Bully recommends White Sands and Crystal Seas Adventures, which offers guided outings from January 15th through April 15th every year. And then travelers looking for whale-adjacent accommodations in Turks and Caicos may consider Waimara Resorts and Villas, where the property shoreline sometimes offers views of the, of the marine mammals. They also arrange private charters for closer viewing, and uh, those are with Big Blue Collective. They have boats ranging from 30 to 48 feet in size. By far the Caribbean's most high profile destination for whale watching is the Dominican Republic, specifically the Samana Peninsula where the nation's Ministry of Tourism estimates that some 2,500 humpback whales visit every year. Hotels in their, excuse me, I'm looking at a whale tail. Hotels (laughs) in the region are well-versed at connecting guests with up-close encounters. And Bahia Principe Luxury Samana, for example, offers excursions led by a multilingual marine biologist who explains the habits of these fascinating creatures, followed by a visit to Cayo Leventado, a sandy island near Samana Bay. And of course, there's also private yacht tours you can take there. Another noteworthy destination for whale watching is St. Lucia. And in the U.S. Virgin Islands, the best viewing spots are in the water off of St. Thomas, especially near Thatch Key and Cokie Point. Farther south in Curacao, visitors can spot both humpback and sperm whales between February and April. And clients who don't want to just restrict their whale watching to just one season will do especially well in Grenada, where some species travel the waters throughout the year, making it possible to view pilot, pygmy, sperm, and bride's whales during just about any month. I did not know that. December through April are still the best viewing months in Grenada, however, as some 15 species can be found navigating the seas here, including humpback, sperm, and cuviers, beaked whales, in addition to killer whales. So, um, excuse me, I lost my spot, but that about covers it. So if you hadn't thought about mentioning whale watching to your clients before, hopefully this gives you some ideas for people who are into that but want to stay south of the equator. I didn't know that about whale watching either. 
I mean, I feel like I read something in passing about St. Lucia, but I did not know that you could have year-round whale watching in some Caribbean destinations. No idea. I had no idea. I just never put the two together. I know off the coast of Mexico, there's definitely times I definitely want to go to Puerto Vallarta sure. during whale watching and then whale sharks and all of that, but I just just wasn't putting it together with the islands. So mm-hmm. silly me. That's why I love this um, industry that I'm because I'm always learning. Yes, a hundred percent. Yes, it never gets boring. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's a current destination on your mind, Kareen? Well, I am about to book a Uniworld Vietnam and Cambodia river cruise, and I am very, very excited. I. I am intimidated by that part of the world. I have done, I have been a lot of places, but never anywhere in Asia. So I am very excited. I feel like going in this luxury rubber boat will just be the way to go for my first trip. And hopefully I will fall in love and spend other trips there. But uh, also a friend of mine is going and that's going to be a great way to tour as well with a little group of friends. About 100%. Yeah. Um, sorry, Abby is like cleaning her face. <laughs> so I see her some... ears moving behind you. <laughs> so you're going to hear some noise there. Um, the destination on my mind is Jordan. So I am going to Jordan in early December with Trafalgar for their very first Make Travel Matter with sustainability based trip. And I'm super, super pumped about it. But then I see a lot of other advisors in my network. They went on a fam or they were on a fam recently to Jordan. Mm-hmm. So like it's in my head, I'm like, oh my goodness, Jordan, again, getting me even more excited for the trip. And then I'm watching Amazing Race and where do they go? Jordan. So that has definitely been on my mind. <laughs> that show negatively impacts my blood pressure. So I don't watch it. I really like the challenge of it. Uh, I don't know. It is very stressful sometimes, but I feel like everything is doable. Oh, everything yeah. is it's doable. the people that make me crazy typically. Yeah. Yeah. They're, but I feel like they do a great job of getting rid of the people who don't really want to be there or who aren't. Genuinely. I haven't watched it since like season two, which is like 900 years ago oh. because it was just okay. so crazy. I would say like, don't base it on that. I watched season one of the amazing race. Um, it was, I was, I had already been watching the current seasons already. I was kind of watching the previous three and then I'm like, let me see what it was like back when they first started, went to season one and I'm like, Oh my good Lord. It was terrible it was so awful and I could not believe that that was how some people traveled <laughs> were smartphones even a thing what back when it started I don't think so no they had to go to the payphone and look in the phone book and call <laughs> different yeah they, <laughs> like the phone book attached to the payphone they had to like open up the payphone and like look at it and they had to take taxis yeah it was definitely a different kind yeah. of travel Maybe um, I'll give it a try in a newer season and see how Yeah, it definitely goes. watch the newer seasons. It is done so differently. And one thing they changed because of COVID was they're now privately chartering a plane versus having them sit with other people like strangers. So it kind of decreases the chances of someone getting sick. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. 
Well, what is something you have been loving lately? I am really loving being introduced to hotels and experiences that are new to me that I know is going to blow my clients' minds. By going to the last couple of conferences, that was where I really got to meet and connect with these vendors that I'm just like, oh my God, I can't believe you are such an incredible hotel or such an incredible, you know, eco lodge. And I had no idea you existed. And for one of the, um, one of the vendors, that was her very first conference ever, ever that she was attending was T-Fest. And to be able to meet people who represent hotels like that, I'm just like, oh my God, this is what I'm put here for, is to show people that these kinds of experiences exist. And, you know, there are, for example, like in Tuscany, there are so many villas, there are so Mm. many different things that you could choose for your clients, but to be able to see the exact experience or to say like, oh, this would be perfect for this client, but not for this particular client. Like I'm really loving being introduced to all these new things. So that's what I'm loving right now. <laughs> learning. Yeah. Yes. What about you? Um, I'm going to be real basic B right now and say crisp fall weather. I love it. Although this week has been very warm and it's making me angry. Uh, last week it was like really chilly mornings and evenings and good to get out and walk in the middle of the day. Just that fresh, fresh, crisp weather always gives me a lot of energy. I love mm. it. I feel like I missed the cold front that went through Florida last week. I was over um, at poor a more. And you were in Portugal. Where it rained every day. I, let me tell you, there was, we were rained on, like not just like light rain. It was a torrential downpour and there was no warning. It was like someone just turned on the shower, not like light trickle. Nope full on. So I was also chilly, but not in the forties kind of thing that they were experiencing here in Florida. So I definitely miss that cold front. I'm a little bit sad about it because I had outfits and stuff for it. You were going to break out your boots immediately. Yep. A (laughs) hundred percent. Yes. I always joke that in Florida, the second it drops below 80, you're going to see some chick at Starbucks. But listen, it was 40s. I feel like boots are called for when it's in the 40s. Boots are called for whenever you feel like wearing boots. There's no judgment by the fact I'm stating, yes. (laughs) I don't blame anybody. I love that cozy feel. Yeah, the cozy feel. I don't like to be hot and sweaty, so... Well, thanks everyone for sticking with us until the end. We hope this episode has been informative. All the articles we've referenced today can be found in the show notes. I don't know about you, but I can't wait to go and delete those travel news emails I've been hoarding for the past month. Oh yeah. If you've enjoyed the episode, please subscribe, leave a review and or share the show. Also head on over to our Facebook and Instagram pages, which are both under the Tin Lounge. We'll link them in the show notes. If you have any questions or comments, please shoot us a DM or email us at hello at thetinlounge.com. Thanks again for joining us in the Tin Lounge, where you can learn a lot in a short amount of time. Have a great week. Bye.